Time for another edition of Mr. Stillman's Opus. Walter Storholt here alongside John Stillman. And you might have heard one of John's recent radio shows where we talked about some of the dangerous mindsets that people often have as they approach retirement. And on the radio show, we didn't have the chance to dive too deep into those mindsets. We kind of scratched the surface, so we'll give a little bit more detail in today's podcast, John. So the five dangerous mindsets you outlined were complacency, overconfidence, fear, cynicism, and despair. Let's Mm -hmm. break them down one by one. Complacency's up first. Well, we see complacency a lot right now in a time where the market's doing well. Um, Financial decisions are easy for people to procrastinate to begin with. And if you can come up with any kind of reason to procrastinate making decisions further, then you're going to do it. So when we see the market doing well, it becomes an easy excuse for people to be complacent and say, well, you know, things are going well right now. Eh, I don't really need to make any changes. My 401k is really, uh, I've really seen a lot of growth in my 401k. So I'm just going to leave things as they are. I'll kick this can down the road for another day. When the reality is that is exactly the time that you should probably be making some moves because buy low, sell high, right? Well, Mm -hmm. things are high right now. It's a good time to capture some of those gains and move money elsewhere. But, you know, most folks' minds don't work that way, and that's because of complacency. If you can come up with any excuse at all to not make a decision today, you'll probably do it. Yeah, it's that that kick the can down the road mentality. I'm always reminded, uh, especially if you're, you know, have lived in North Carolina for any length of time, that Blue Cross Blue Shield commercial, which was extremely annoying, but obviously very effective. It still sticks in my mind today of the little guy saying, it's like a white background. He's wearing like a blue shirt and he goes, "Uh, I need health insurance, but uh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then the little miniature version of himself pops up and knocks on the glass, goes ding, ding, ding. Hey, do it today. It's so simple, but still sticks in my mind to this day. But that's the complacency. That is pretty annoying, even just having heard you describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the worst commercial ever, but one of those ones that you remember. For or a while. the best commercial ever, because years later. Exactly. It depends the on how you define still, good, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's complacency. That's a pretty good one. By the way, John, I was hoping I could find a nice, catchy sort of, uh, what do they call those acronyms? Like mm-hmm. putting the letters, you know, C O F C D, the different. So I was trying to make a word. I can't really find a word that that makes, but it does. Almost spell Covefi. I was just yeah. going to say, it's close. <laughs> so it's pretty, and which you know might be a dangerous mindset. So yeah, it could be. Be, be careful. <laughs> All right, dangerous mindset number two, following up complacency, is overconfidence. This is probably pretty common. Yeah, and honestly, it's in a lot of ways along the same lines as complacency, or not along the same lines, but honestly, uh, in a lot of ways, we see overconfidence for the same reasons that we see complacency. Interesting. So different types of people are going to react to good weeks in the market different ways. So some people are going to say, as we talked about with complacency, great, everything's good right now. I don't need to make a decision today. Let's put this off. Mm -hmm. Other people are going to interpret good times in the market as saying, ah, you know what? I really got this figured out. Things are going well. I've really, I'm good at allocating in my 401k. Mm-hmm. I'm really doing well the last couple of years. I've seen a lot of growth. And uh, then that overconfidence spills over into other areas of your investing because you think you really have it all figured out. Where the reality is somebody who pays no attention to their 401k at all, they just put money in and they're invested in the same funds they were invested in seven years ago, where they you know, arbitrarily threw darts at a dartboard and picked four or five different funds in their 401k. You know what? They're also doing well right now. Yeah. And so 
it bothers me sometimes when I see folks get too overconfident about their investing prowess just because their 401k is doing well right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, the problem of overconfidence. And everything can kind of be linked back to that same starting point, John, of, yeah, things are going well right now. Here's how these different mindsets react to it. The one complacency, the other overconfidence. The other is fear, which might seem odd because the stock market has had this great rally lately. Why would fear be a dangerous mindset? Well, Ron Paul, I just saw in an article this week that made major headlines. Ron Paul is now saying a 50% decline in the market basically is impending, probably going to happen within a year from now. But hasn't he said things like that the last year and the year before that and the year before that? Fear is a really interesting mindset because we obviously have it for a good reason, that sort of, you know, caveman mentality of don't poke the bear and run the other direction, fight or flight responses and all those kinds of things. But fear can also be a really dangerous mindset. Can't remember the guy's name, but uh, there was a fellow who wrote a book that was like 87 Reasons the World Will End in 1987. And it didn't, but he, he published a second book which sold as many copies, 88 Reasons the World Will End in 1988. And uh, it kind of goes along the same lines as what you're saying with Ron Paul there. Uh, Again, different people are going to react to good times in the market different ways. And for a lot of people, it's paralyzing fear that, oh, my gosh, this is not sustainable. The market is going to crash tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you have folks in the media who are probably being paid by some organization to exacerbate this fear, pouring fuel on that fire, if Mm -hmm. you will. And so what you see is some people complacent, some people overconfident, some people deathly afraid of what's going to happen in the market because they say this is not sustainable and we're all going to die. Now, obviously, there is some logic behind that mindset. When you have record highs in the market seemingly every week, yeah, that's probably a, a good indication that you're somewhere near the top. We don't know when the top is going to come. Could it be next week or two years from now? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But when it seems like you're near the top, it's not illogical to say, okay, well, we probably need to be positioning ourselves for a crash. But that's not what we see when people have true fear. When they have fear, it's parked money in cash. We're not contributing anything to our 401k anymore. Um, You've swung the pendulum in the complete opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And you're so deathly afraid of a market crash that suddenly you put all your money on the sidelines. The problem is I've seen people in that boat For the last three or four years, 2013 was a great year in the market. And a lot of people said, well, we got to be near the top. 2008, 2009 was still fresh in their minds. And they parked their money on the sidelines in 2013. Well, think of all the growth that they missed out on in the last couple of years. So as it always comes down to, we have to have a plan for our money. And it's not just what's going to happen. What do we think is going to happen with the market tomorrow? It's how soon do we need this money? And with that in mind, how do we invest accordingly? The uh, guy who was writing the books, 87 Reasons Why, 88 Reasons Why, 1988, terrible business model in terms of longevity, was great until he got to, you know, the end of 1999, 99 Reasons Why, 1999. But then when you get to 2000... One reason. You've only got zero, and then 2001, only one reason. You can't write a book on it. Or you could just do 2001 Reasons Why the World is going to... Yeah, but 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 now his workload goes way up, so... You maybe devote... 
a paragraph to each reason right instead of a chapter he he really shot himself in the foot so to speak with uh you know that business model unfortunately yep. so maybe that's why we don't see those books anymore these days he's 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 waiting till it gets to be like 25 reasons <laughs> right. again then he'll start again 2025 he'll make an appearance again yeah exactly i don't know he, he probably died with his cult and <laughs> Kool-Aid true. drinking incident several years ago. Yeah, exactly. All right, so complacency, overconfidence, fear. Then there's cynicism. Where are you seeing cynicism today? Yeah, so I don't necessarily see this one as much as the others, but when I do see it, it tends to be a pretty extreme take on things where it's like, you know, I, I can't win this investing game. It's mm-hmm. rigged against the little guy. Oh. It's all investment banks and big companies taking advantage of all the rest of us. When the reality is, you, you know, that probably is true to an extent. You're not going to beat those entities. Mm-hmm. But you can't let cynicism cause you to do nothing in the world of investing because putting money under your mattress is not going to get the job done. So put it this way. Let's suppose you had the option of investing in the market for pick a period of time, 15 years. And you say, I could average 7% return over the course of those 15 years. But then you say, well, but it's not fair because the big investment banks are making twice that much over that period of time. Mm -hmm. It's rigged against me. They're making 14% while I'm only making seven. Okay. Well, your other option is not participate in the system at all, Go park your money in the mattress or coffee cans in the backyard, right. and you make nothing. Yeah, your money's still there, but you made nothing on it. And in fact, you lost a buying power relative to inflation. So what's better, not making as much as the big entities that you feel are out to get you, or making even less than that, but saying, ha-ha, I didn't participate in your scam. Right. Right? So you just have to be very careful with that cynical mindset, I think. And again, I don't see that one a lot, uh, but for the people that I do see it in, they are pretty extreme in their worldview. Yeah. And it, and it can be a big problem because of that, mm-hmm. which is something else to keep in mind. So we're talking about dangerous mindsets. One more to give you complacency, overconfidence, fear, cynicism. This has been a pretty downtrodden podcast so far talking about all these dangerous mindsets. So let's end it with a bang, John. Despair, the final mindset to cover. Wasn't there a movie, Dangerous Minds? Dangerous Minds. Mid 90s or something? Or is I don't that, think I've seen it. Isn't that a yeah, show? And oh, no, that's Criminal Minds. Mm, that is a show. Yeah, that is a Pretty show. Pretty sure that was a Dangerous Minds movie. Dangerous Minds. Um, I'll in, look it up while you answer the question. In any event, uh, despair. So we see a lot of people who just have this feeling, and I probably see, I don't know, three or four people a month that fit this category, where they really feel like either they're never going to be able to retire. 1995, Dangerous Minds. Yeah, see? In the thriller drama category. There you go. One hour and 39 minutes. <laughs> Good to know. Only uh, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that tells you something right there. Yeah. So you have people who feel like they're never going to be able to retire mm-hmm. or they're going to have to work until a very advanced age because they feel like they've done or such a bad job. And in a lot of cases, they're not in great financial mm-hmm. condition, but very often they're in better shape than they realize. It's just because they have no plan at all, yeah. they, can't, they can't evaluate where they are on their financial roadmap. And so once you actually put a plan together and they say, okay, well, I need to focus on debt payoff for these next couple of years and then focus really aggressively on saving for a couple of years. And you know what? I actually can retire at 68 instead of 78. 
as long as I, you know, manage things within these parameters here. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I see a a lot of people in this despair category. You know, very often it's because life has punched them in the throat in one way or the other, whether it's a a divorce has really changed their financial situation, uh, death of a spouse, illness of a spouse, illness for themselves. Uh, So many things can really cause problems in your financial life that really has nothing to do with bad financial decisions you've made. It's other things in life. Usually that's where we see the despair. But so often with a plan, you find out that you're in better shape than you realize. So don't let despair get the best of you. Very important to remember these dangerous mindsets. Are you letting them control or dictate your investing, your planning life a little bit too much? Complacency, overconfidence, fear, cynicism, despair. All good ones to think about. Uh, they can be dangerous mindsets to approach retirement and financial planning with. So make sure that, again, they're not in control of you. John, thanks for the help on these dangerous mindsets. Shoot for a more uplifting topic next time. Okay? Yeah, I'll do my best. Okay, we'll, we'll keep it positive. You know, We've got to balance a little bit. That's Dangerous Mindsets. John Stillman, Walter Storholt. This has been another edition of Mr. Stillman's Opus. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.